sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to put the spotlight, but there we go. A reading from the Word of God, written in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 1 to verse 20. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one was who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, 
but one body. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for your word and we pray that as we hear it, you will open our hearts to receive all that you have for us in Jesus' name. So this is part one of two. Next week we'll continue and next week's focus will be more geared towards your response, more towards your response. This is stirring your hearts to hear what my sense is of where God is leading us in this year, but then next week there'll be a chance for us to actually then um, respond to that. 1 Corinthians 12. In Corinthians, you find Paul who is teaching, writing about many things, and as he writes about many things, he's addressing issues in the church in Corinth. Corinth is a bit maybe like St. John's, an evangelical charismatic church. It's on fire for God. Is that right, St. John's? Yes. Well, if that's not where we are, that's where we hope to be, or that's where we used to be. That's our heart. That's our DNA. That's who we are. A church that desires to be a church of worship, a church that is Bible-focused, a church that is open to the Holy Spirit, a church that is welcoming, a church that is outward-focused. That's who we are. And that's who we have been for years, and we continue to be a church that is built around community. And so when last year we were sharing, said return, renew, rebuild, and go. Return, renew, rebuild, and go. Could be summarized in many ways. Somebody else might say discipleship, fellowship, and mission. Or you could call it different things in different places, but these ways of explaining it help us understand where we are. So returning is returning to that first love, to that place where God wants us to be, a place of worship. What does it mean to be baptized this morning? I asked Ade and Mide, why do you want your child to be baptized? To be able to answer that question. Why do we worship God the way that we do? Why are we singing? What's at the heart of all of that. Why connect groups? Why the fuss about home groups and meeting together? Why? Why do we do alpha? Why are we doing all these things? Return to that place of your first love, to the place of your faith. What does that mean? And then we renew. We are called to renew our vows. At Easter, we renew our baptism vows. What does that mean? Why do I say I'm going to church? It's the renewal, renewing our spirits. Paul says, renew, renew your minds continually. And so that's that renewal for us, but there is renewal of fellowship. Rebuilding. You rebuild something that has been built. So it was there, but actually there are things about it that need doing Again, this is a wonderful building that we are blessed with. Grade one or grade two listed? Two? I've seen an ex-church warden saying it very fast. Two. If you were to spend money on this building, how much do you think you would need to make it really flash and sharp and maybe look like the, like the, like the shard or all those fancy buildings? How much might... Exactly. 
So you don't even go there. But are we rebuilding just the building? A bit of that. God's house. God's interested in the temple, but he's interested in you as well, rebuilding structures for us in looking out for a staff team to come and have people to be able to shoulder this together. I shouldn't be doing all of that and that and that. I can do it, but that's not, that's not what the church is about. It's about us doing all these things together. And that's why as we call out for other people to come and join us, that's the intention. It doesn't mean that you cannot do it. No, it's that God's model is that we share it out together. That's the model of the kingdom. But if somebody says, I cannot do it, then I see the gap, then I step in and do it. Because it needs doing. And if there's another gap there, and I ask somebody else to do it, and they say they can't do it, and the need is still there, I step in and do it. Now, I've got one leg there, but another one here, I might have a hand there, another one there, but there's more that needs doing. So what happens? I'll be torn and then try and cover. And it, and it might be done, but it'll be a bit patched up. But if we have more doing stuff and stepping out together, it's beautiful when we work well together. That's the heart of rebuilding, rebuilding structures, rebuilding in our infrastructure in terms of the team, in terms of the processes, in terms of money, all that's rebuilding. But what's at the heart of all of that? When Jesus comes, he quotes at the beginning after his baptism in Luke 4, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Call out something. Preach the good news. What else? Heal the sick. What else? Restore sight to the blind. What else? And all those things. And you find them in Isaiah 61. Because Isaiah had prophesied those things. When Jesus comes, he quotes them and he says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled. That's his heart. But, if he says in Acts 1, 8, Wait until you've been clothed with power. Spirit. Jane can't wait. Jane's preaching on Pentecost, so be, be here. She's, she's waiting. But then we're ready. When I came in, I'm excited about mission. I love mission. I want to do all these things. I want to see um, the church in Acts happen. But before all of that happens, I need to return to ask what's mission about? What's Alpha about? What's at the heart of it? I need to renew it for myself do I get these things? Am I reading my Bible? Am I doing my worship? Am I part of a group? I need a springboard. I need a solid foundation myself first before I'm then able to go and do that stuff. So return, renew, rebuild the structure so it's ready. Have the chairs and the carpet and the lighting and the sound and these things ready so that when you say we've got a Pentecost celebration coming, we can host it. When God is sending us to do joint things together, we are ready for them. See what I mean? To go. Go and do what? Go and make disciples. If you're doing harvest, Jesus says the fields are ready for harvest, but the laborers are few. So the Lord's heart is to send out and call out to those laborers that they might come and join in the mission. But then you prepare your granaries or 
silos so that they are big enough to hold the harvest when it comes. If you're looking out for 20 people, you prepare your chairs for the 20, and you prepare your food and your whatever it is to host the 20. You don't wait for the 20 to come first, then you start preparing, do you? You prepare, and then you go and invite them. So as we get ready to go out, and as we do this continually as our rhythm, daily, weekly, returning, renewing, rebuilding, and going. Help me out. Returning, renewing, rebuilding, and going. We do it continually. If you're getting ready to drive up to Scotland, what do you do with your car if you're going to drive? You check that it's fit and ready, the pressure is good, the oil is there, you've got enough fuel. Depending who the guest is, you might need to give it a good wash and clean. You need to prepare and get it ready. And then you've worked out that the route have services along. If you're traveling on your own, maybe that's all right. Do you have enough coffee? Do you have a cup holder? For, I don't know how you drive, but whichever way. Or if you like to drive straight. I remember somebody who was going for a long journey recently and said, ooh, now I need to pre prepare the whole day. So I, you block off 10 hours because you'll have stops in between. If you're traveling with a child, how do you prepare? You plan ahead. That's who we are called to be as disciples. As Jesus calls us, he calls his disciples as he goes out fishing. He says, he went fishing, not, not fishing, fishing for people, inviting them, and he called them that they might be with him. For what? Just to be with him? No, see what happens at the end. In Luke 24, you see that? At Ascension, he leaves them, and he says to ask them to tarry, to wait, and go in Jerusalem and wait until the Spirit comes on them so that they can go and be witnesses to what they've seen. So the end goal is to be witnesses. The end goal is for the kingdom of God to come. The end, of go end goal is for us to be the salt and light wherever God has called us to be. But we must be equipped and ready to do that. So that focus of return, renew, rebuild, and go is there. But how do we do that? And that's the heart of this, which I want to tie up in about five minutes. And there'll be part two next week. In Corinth, this church that I told you about that is charismatic, evangelical, and out, outward looking, guess what happens? From chapter one through to chapter 12, Paul is addressing issues amongst them. They are gifted, aren't they? They are talented and able to do different things. They have spiritual gifts overflowing amongst them. But guess what happens as they have these spiritual gifts overflowing amongst them? It gets to their heads. Have you ever been complimented and it gets to your head? And sometimes good managers will try and keep you grounded, won't they? Okay. You did well on the drums, but this bit. Or you did well on this, but... And that's helpful for all of us. We all need to hear that. Okay, so then they start running away with themselves and thinking, oh, it's only the ones who can speak in other tongues who are on fire for Jesus. All the other gifts don't really matter. That's what's happening here, and that's what we find in this text. So, Paul is coming to them and trying to explain 
the picture and the image of the body of Christ. The body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Some parts of the body will be seen and will be very visible and audible. Other parts will not, but they're key. Can you see my heart? But without that, you cannot see my lungs, can you? So it doesn't mean that only the parts that you see here are the important parts. Many times the ones that might be really key, you don't see. The foundations of this building, to keep it standing, a lot of them you don't see, but they're there. I can see the engineers around me knowing exactly what I mean. They're there. For, for this church to look, you don't not just need the lighting on the end and the bits on the top. They all matter, but sometimes it's the unseen stuff that actually is really vital. We all have gifts. Let's use our hands together. When Paul is writing, he's teaching them. Okay, you've got your hand ready? Whichever hand, your left or your right. Have you got your thumb? Thumbs up? Okay, so he's saying that these gifts are from one source. Where is your thumb tip facing? At the top. Upward. Okay, so this thumbs up, it's one source. All the gifts that we have, the spiritual gifts, the talents that we have, the gifts to serve and enable, the money that we get, all of it comes from one source. Wait until you receive power from the Holy Spirit, then you will go. So if ever we think that the gifts and the talents that we have are from us, just wait until whichever part it is that enables you to do what you do isn't there. Then you know that none of the gifts that we have are about us. They're from one source. That helps keep us grounded, doesn't it? Keeps us grounded. You might be able to play guitar as well as you can, but just if that little finger that gives you the riffs that you can move isn't there, you might remember, oh, Thank you, Lord, for that finger that makes the difference. It's just one example. One source. But remember, Paul writes that everybody has been given a gift. So let me see you use your pointing finger. My mom taught me that this is a bit rude to point at people. Is that right for you as well? Okay, so do it carefully. This is just to illustrate, but so just do that. Well, you can do it to me, but. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. Okay? Do this with your... Different fingers, multiple gifts. God has given a variety of gifts. In this church, for it to function, call out the things that we might need in here. Let me just hear them. For a church, whichever church, if it's 10 people, if it's 1,000 people, if it's 500 or 200, what things might you need for a church to function? Just call out. A vicar, a church leader, a worship, worship, yeah. Ashes, those who are serving, yes. 
sound, treasure, internet, there you go, microphones, people, people gifts, tell me about the people gifts, okay, those to lead the children, children's workers, prayer, prophecy, big Bible, the Holy Spirit, administration, tell me more of the stuff that you don't see, because some of the things you've said are the obvious ones, tell me some of the ones that, cleaner you see, if you're here you'll see them, we need love, that's a value, that's great, tell me the things that people do that you would do to make this place that you might not see, praying, Did you hear? Did you hear for me? We need money. So the things that you've named, all those material things, you need money to make them happen, don't you? Do you or don't you? You do. You pay for electricity, for all those, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kate will say more about that next week. But all those are things. Time. Have you thought of time as one of the greatest gifts? I don't know whether this has happened to you, but I know a lot of people who say, when I retire, I'm so busy now, I'm so busy, but when I retire, I will suddenly have the time to do all those things. Have you ever heard that? And sometimes that happens, that you retire and you're then able to do those things that you really wanted to do. Now you've got the time to do it. One of the greatest gifts to a church is those who have retired, the gift of time. Because they've got experience on their side. Many times they've got some money as well in the pocket somewhere. But they have time. If anything, time. Who is available and help to do with this? I'm there. Who can help with this? I'm there. Sometimes they say yes to too many things and then, and then it's, it's hard and then you have to say no to a few. But at least there's the gift of the option of time. That's a great one. Now, do you see in Scripture that you have to be a certain age to be able to do certain things? Of course, we have guidance. We have guidance in terms of um, safeguarding and all these things. But how old was Jesus in the temple when he was challenging those other leaders? Twelve? Did I hear twelve? Is there anybody who is above the age of twelve here? Let me see your hand. So you're you're all above twelve. Good. So you all qualify for that bit. Um, When Jesus was alongside his father as a carpenter, does it name an age? He was a child, wasn't he? Just getting alongside. When Joel says in Joel chapter 2 verse 28, I will pour out my spirit upon all, all flesh. Young and old. So, to host a service here, to lead, do you need to be old like me? I'm, I'll be 42 in August. Do you need to be this old to lead? Can you, can you lead a service when you're 30? When you're 20? When you're 15? 
Is that possible? Oh, yeah. It can. The church is built on us. We are the body of Christ. And so the challenge that we have, and I'll say more about this next week as I tie into um, our response, is what gift do you have? Here's the last thing with your hands. Okay. Can your fingers touch each other somehow? Maybe the thumb. The thumb can manage to touch all the others somehow. If you do a fist, somehow they, the purpose of the gifts that you have, that I have, are not just for me, but they are for the benefits of the body. So when Jesus is teaching them about spiritual gifts and about speaking in tongues, it's not for a show-off. How does speaking in tongues or the gifts of words of knowledge or prayer ministry, how do they bless the other people? It's to use the gifts that we have sensitively to the others, but that they would edify is the word that's used, that they would bless other people. So if you've got a gift, and you remember it's from one source, you might have five, and I have just one. But if I hold back my gift, I don't bless God. I don't bless me because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than just to receive. As I give, I am blessed. And then I don't bless you. If I hold back my gift, I don't bless you. But if I use my gift, God is blessed, I am blessed, and you're blessed. And that's how the church works together, that we can return and renew and rebuild together to go. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you that this church is yours. We come and go. Many have come here before us and have gone to other places. You have called us here for a time such as this, whoever we are, young and old, whatever our story, maybe just for a moment, maybe for longer. But I pray that, Lord, you will help each one of us to hear your call to us, to know exactly how you're calling us to be part of this body and how you're calling us to function. I thank you that, Lord, when you pray, your desire is that the church will be one. You pray that, that the church may be one, just as you, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So, Lord, help us to function united in one spirit to your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you. I'll try and write down all that stuff somehow. But even better, allow the Spirit of God to write down on your heart what you need. You don't need all that, but there'll be something that is just right for you. So allow him by his Spirit to help that to come to light. As we finish, we're going to, we'll finish with a, a song. But before we do that, if you're here for the first time, um, you are welcome. We've got welcome cards at the back. Please do complete one of those in exchange for a welcome pack that has divine chocolate in it, just for the new people.
And um, if you would like to give an offering, we've got a cash box if you have cash, but if you'd like to give using contactless, there's a contactless machine on your way out. And as I said, Ade and Mide have prepared some lovely snacks for us, for us to enjoy at the end of the service. So after we finish singing, do join in for conversation and uh, snacks in the lounge. But let's worship God together. Please stand if you're able. just take a moment before we sing just to allow the Holy Spirit to bring to light that thing for you that he's calling you to offer to him.